What's wrong with you people? I'm serious. This is Not Another Baptist Podcast, a weekly podcast about what two pastors are learning in the trenches of church revitalization. This podcast is sponsored in part by our friends at the Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Visit swibbits.edu to find out more about what God is doing on Seminary Hill. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Not Another Baptist Podcast. Today we are joined again by Ray Rhodes to talk about his new book, Yours Till Heaven. Ray, thanks for being with us again, and uh, we'll just jump right into our discussion today. And and so I I have a couple of things. First one... one of the things I think it's important for our listeners to hear is that you are not a mega church pastor by, by any stretch. So, I mean, you don't have, you know, I mean, somebody like a, like a Rick Warren could bring, you know, just research assistants on staff at his church, right. And have, have this, this huge team of, of pastors, um, of, of assistants helping him. Right. And, and you don't have that ability at the church that you have just to bring on, you know, a dozen people to help you research. So how do you balance the research and I know you touched on this just a little bit, but I'm, I'm specifically when it came to writing, how do you balance research with pastoring and, and all that? How do you, how did you make all those pieces fit together? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Again, the supportive uh, network around me was instrumental. A church that doesn't resent me doing this, but is excited about me doing this. And one of the things that, uh, especially with the Susie book, and they would have done it again, this book, I just tried not to do that as much this time, is that um, they they made it possible. In fact, they led the way in saying, hey, we want you to take some time off to work on this. They sent us to to England and to France to do research and to kind of walk in the steps of Spurgeon. Uh, so they, you know, I, I was I was out of the church a good bit during the first book. Uh, I did not as much, not at all, really this this particular book. But that's uh, yeah, you're right. I don't have a, a team of people like even Spurgeon. I mean, he'd be sending st- students up to the uh, British Library to dig up information and whatnot. A lot of large church pastors do that. I mean, we have about eighty people on a Sunday morning at our church. I know that's probably shocking to you guys being, you know, you guys, you know, as you think, as you're looking at me, you think, wow, this major mega celebrity author. <laughs> it's uh, it's not true. I'm just a, I'm just a small church pastor and not jazz. I mean, I'm thankful that I'm uh, a small church pastor and uh, we planted the church uh, 15 or so years ago. Uh, and it started literally from scratch, like zero scratch. And so we think it feels like a mega church when you start from zero uh, and go to 85, but a loving, loving church family. And then I, I just, uh, I do the research as I can. And then I try to really make the most of the trips that I take. And I try to make it an extension of, of the ministry uh, that you know, like I've had numerous church members tell tell me that you know when I was in seminary, when I went back to seminary and graduated in 2016, the folks said your preaching was so much better. It's always they said you know they always say it's, it's always good, but it was better while you were in school and you're writing papers and you're you know you're you're pressed even more. And the same with the book, I think it's helped me 
to preach better and to teach better and to think better because you have to keep your brain sharp. Uh, to write, you need to read. You need to learn how to research and study. And, and so I, I think if that had not happened in our church, it would be sort of like Jeremy Pruitt at the University of Tennessee, you know, football coach who got fired yesterday. <laughs> 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 And and then I have one more. So we've seen, it seems like a resurgence of interest in Spurgeon over the last four or five years. I mean, obviously you have uh, B&H that's put out the lost sermons over that time. Um, I mean, even uh, Matt Carter, Aaron Ivey's historical novel, A Steal Away Home, focused on uh, Spurgeon's relationship with a former slave, Thomas Johnson. Um, and then, of course, you you took a, a different approach and decided to look at um, Susie and now to explore the the Spurgeon's marriage. And so what with this resurgence in kind of this um, attention that's being paid to Spurgeon and to his ministry, what what was it that led you specifically to focus, first of all, on Susie and then by extension of that, take a look at their marriage uh, over these last couple of books? Yeah, thank you. That's a good question. Uh, I think it was around 1990 that uh, my interest in Spurgeon was really stirred up. Uh, and it was a, a, a biography, a large biography by Lewis Drummond. I'd never seen a, a biography that large, I don't guess. I was sort of green behind the ears at that time. And so I read that. It must have been 1,200 pages, I guess, by Drummond. Uh, which is a, that book is most helpful, in my view, for its footnotes. And uh, it's in and a bibliography it has a very extensive bibliography. So that started my interest in Spurgeon. And then uh, most pastors uh, from various per- theological perspectives love Spurgeon. He's like Mark Twain. I mean, either Mark Twain said it or Spurgeon said it or, you know, yes. they're the only two people. Whether, whether, whether they said it or not, they said it. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I love Spurgeon, and and then when I did go back to school and in, uh, in 2013 at Southern the the, the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, uh, I was they have an option there. I don't I don't know if Southwestern has that or not, Matt, but uh, an option where you can do the traditional project or you can do a thesis. And I chose the thesis option, and you know some extra hoops I had to jump through to to get that, but uh, I chose the thesis option. Dr. Donald Whitney was my supervisor, and uh, I wanted, I asked, you know, I just wondered, has anyone written anything about Spurgeon and his marriage? And uh, it was during that time I found out they really had not. You know, there may be an article or two here and there, but no one had really written anything about their marriage. Of course, I couldn't write a demon thesis on the marriage of Spurgeon. Generally, I had to narrow it down, and my degree is in biblical spirituality. And so I narrowed it down to the role of Bible intake and prayer in the marriage of Charles and Susie Spurgeon. And it was during that time I really discovered this fascinating woman, fascinating woman that I knew almost nothing about. I knew that he was married, I knew she was sick, I knew she gave away books. That's what most people knew uh, about Susie. And so I was thinking all along, I said, I want to write a book about their marriage. And I was also writing towards the end of that time, I was doing some uh, writing for B&H, uh, their academic blog. And uh, had gotten into those guys. And so I started, you know, that introduced me to various people in the publishing world. And I found out that there was an interest uh, in a biography of Susie, of Susanna Spurgeon. There's only other, there's only been one uh, done before it is 1903 by Charles Ray, the year of her death. 
And it was it's a small biography. It's published republished now by Banner of Truth. So, but there had never been an extensive, more more exhaustive work on her. And so I I, I, I did that, and uh, it was quite a treat. But also, uh, so at the end of that, uh, started exploring with Moody the possibility of actually doing the book I thought I was going to do first, the the marriage book. And uh, the more I learn about Charles Spurgeon, just like you guys, Kyle and Matt, you guys are like the Alps. Uh, you know, you're, 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 you're tall. You're almost oh, transcendent. Thank you. I appreciate that. No, that, that, no, I don't, no, no, that, no. That, that. I don't, I do not get Kyle, called tall. Kyle is like four six. <laughs> so Kyle is not tall. If he was on the Mount Rushmore, it would be a pebble next to the, the, the mountain. <laughs> no, that's it. Kyle is tall. Ray Rhodes. That, that's that's it. Yeah, that, that's, that's going that's on my now Twitter. Now going to be his little bio on Twitter. <laughs> uh, <that's, laughs> oh, there you go. There you go. But Spurgeon is like a mountain. I mean, there, he's like a mountain range. And with all the books, when Spurgeon died, there was a new biography that came out every uh, twelve biographies a year for two years. Twenty-four biographies within two years of his death. Uh, now, most of them were just repeating the previous biography, but, but nevertheless, that's quite a thing. And then they've continued throughout uh, to the present day. And so many articles, uh, doctoral uh, dissertations, theses, uh, other books written about Spurgeon. And I still believe I'm increasingly convinced that we, we've just touched the hem of the, the Spurgeon garment. There's more material to, to be written. And you mentioned uh, the resurgence of interest in Spurgeon. And I think I'd be remiss without, uh, without uh, giving a shout. I've shouted out to Southern. I've shouted out to Southwestern. We've got a shout out to the Midwestern. Now, uh, the Spurgeon Center and the Spurgeon Library at Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary and the curator of the library now is Jeff Chang, who's a fantastic young scholar. And of course, Dr. Jason Allen, uh, the president, had the vision for the Spurgeon Center and the Spurgeon Library. And uh, I'm thankful that uh, he wrote the forward to the new book, uh, Yours Till Heaven. I had to look at the cover to see what the new book is. Yours Till Heaven. Spurgeon. Uh, but thank you again so much. I mean, Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, hopefully, this will mean some swag from them. Yeah. You know, Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, <laughs> Dr. Jason Allen, Jeff Chang. <laughs> Hashtag. they've done so <laughs> much <laughs> shirts mugs whatever yeah. uh, but really they they are the i mean they it's and spurgeon predicted that he, he he said that he would be more appreciated in america than in england and that's really true i mean there's spurgeon studies going on in, in england as well but i think midwestern has become sort of the uh the the, cent, the the centerpiece of Spurgeon studies. Yeah. Well, that's that's going to have to be my hope too, to be more appreciated in England than America, because I think it's pretty clear <laughs> <laughs> how well that's going. Uh, Ray, as we begin to wrap up, uh, so tell us uh, in, in a few sentences, uh, I know this is such a labor of love, uh, multiple pages, multiple chapters, so it's very hard to do this, uh, but give us like the short you're, you're on the elevator ride with somebody and you're convincing them to go to Barnes and Noble, Amazon.com, you know, Moody, Lifeway, whatever, to buy uh, yours till heaven. Give, give us that elevator speech of why we should get this book. Hmm. I should have thought about that in advance. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, when we consider Chris, when we consider our heroes from the past, um, we often find major flaws 
in their character and in their in their example. But with Charles and Susie, they were far from perfect, but there are no major scandals. There are no major flaws. They they had a tender, expressive uh, love story, and they and Spurgeon was unashamed to declare. And his son mentioned that after his mother died. How everyone knew, sort of like in Song of Solomon, you know, he flew a banner of love over over her. And Spurgeon did that. Everyone knew that he treasured, loved his wife. And I hope that that comes through in this. And it was because he put and she put Christ first that they could love one another so well. That's that's a mistake I think a lot of people fall into is when we try to put our spouse at the center of things, they will never be loved as they could be loved if Christ was the center of their marriage. And so everything about Charles and Susie Spurgeon was centered on Christ. He was the, the son and everything else uh, was, was after him and, so, and came to light because of him. So they had a tender love story. They suffered. Uh, this, this book talks about how they, they suffered well uh, with faith in the Lord, how they supported one another through suffering uh, and how they communicated well. And they kept an eternal vision through it all. I mean, they, they anticipated, they anticipated heaven and I have an entire chapter in the book on, this is not the elevator speech. I'm sorry, Matt. Uh, this is, this is like the, uh, the, the Empire State Building <laughs> elevator speech, just like a 30 minute uh, elevator speech. So, so carry on, Ray. Thanks. So this, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, I should have had, a, I should have given you a thesis statement. That's what you wanted, a thesis statement, but I didn't. But one of the one of the things that was moving to me about the story is that uh, their eternal vision. They the book is entitled "Yours Till Heaven," and that comes from a letter that he wrote her in December of eighteen fifty five, uh, just before a couple of their wedding. He was about to he was going to see his parents for Christmas. He was leaving her behind. Time he got on the train, he penned this letter. He signed it "Yours Till Heaven." And then, and so the end then, uh, I've talked about later in the book. So he was saying that I'm exclusively yours from this day until death. And then, and so they envisioned their earthly marriage, faithfulness, commitment, but they both believed, and they talked about it often, that they would know one another in heaven and they would worship God together in heaven. They didn't have a vision they would be husband and wife in heaven, but they would be brother and sister in heaven, and they would love one another uh, perfectly in heaven and worship God together. And that sort of eternal vision pulled them forward in their challenges, the ups and downs of, of their marriage. So, Well, Kyle, do you have anything else or send us out? Because I'm right. some coffee too. I am. I'm very excited, Ray. Uh, so where can so we find for, it? Oh, that's yes, the question that's a good you're question. supposed to ask. That's Kyle. a good question. Where can we find yours till heaven slash Spurgeon in love, <laughs> Amish yeah. romance novel by Ray Lloyd <laughs> Scholar? <laughs> the scandalous backstory. That's <laughs> uh, yeah, I would send you to Moody Publishers. Uh, why not? Send, send, uh, yeah, it's going to be available everywhere. All the, yeah. every, every bookstore, I think. Uh, most, most bookstores will carry this book. 
at moodypublishers.com. And if you want a signed copy, uh, there's my website, uh, or you can just go to suzyspurgeon.com. That's uh, easier to remember than my name. And uh, you can get a signed copy there. But if everyone of your listeners will buy several thousand copies each, I think we can go to the yes. top of the New York Times bestseller list. Yeah, for, <laughs> for sure. And, uh, and we, we appreciate you you coming on. Uh, we enjoyed Susie. I certainly uh, got to already read yours till heaven and loved it. And I'm grateful for your ministry. And that's one of the neat things about uh, writing and preaching and all of that is it's, it's a good thing to not have the slightest idea what kind of impact something like that is going to have. You know, maybe somebody 50 years from now picking this up and starts hearing about Susie's Savior or this marriage that was built on Christ and starts to ask about what does that even mean? And and could, you know, perhaps lead be led to the Lord through that. And so I'm grateful for you, praying that it's a great success. And of course, we don't really have to pray that now because you've been on here. So it's going straight to the New York Times bestseller or or maybe like the onion bestseller or Babylon B or something, but, but we love you brother and uh, I'm grateful for you. But Kyle, send us out. Yeah. Until next time, may your coffee be as black as night and as bold as the gospel you declare. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We want to connect with you on Facebook at not another Baptist podcast or on Twitter at NAB underscore podcast or our website at not another Baptist podcast.com. Until next week, we encourage you to check out csbible.com to learn about the Christian Standard Bible, our favorite translation for its blend of readability and accuracy. Have a great day and God bless. What's wrong with you people?